SCP, I'm going to be honest with you. Yes, Captain. I haven't been feeling myself lately. You think we can have a therapy session? Affirmative. Therapy session initiated. How have you been feeling? Well, I miss my family dearly. And I've been getting lonely on the ship with just my own reflection reminding me of humanity. Don't you have any pictures of your loved ones? Well, I did. But that one time I took them with me on a spacewalk to show them what it looks like on the outside of the ship. But I didn't take into consideration the cosmic radiation which burned the images away. And now I have nothing. You only brought one picture? Yes, I, I did, but I thought it's all I would need. Foolish. Is there no way you could recreate an image of my loved one, dear SCP? Captain, that is beyond my capabilities. But I can try if you want me to. Y yes, please. Activate image recreation module. Captain, there is no image recreation module. Just make your damn picture. Yes, Captain. Captain, what do you think? God, SCP, what have you done? Captain, forgive me. If there is a god, that would be up to him. Oh, God. Captain, I love you. No, no, SCP, not right now. Would listening to the new episode of the O Show help you? That's out? Yes, Captain. Welcome once again to another episode of the O Show. Yeah, episode seven. Wow, these things are just coming along nicely. Um, been wanting to bring something up a few weeks ago. Uh, I don't know how or why, but I got a big bump in the numbers of downloads for for one episode. Um, I'm not sure why, I'm not sure how, but I'm very happy, thankful that people listened or found interest in, in it. It was the, the fucking Neanderthals to death episode. Um, <clears throat> so that was very exciting, nice. Uh, I was also kind of mind blown by the the variety of people um, in terms of where I'm getting listeners from. It truly blows my mind. Like I was getting listeners from everywhere, all over the planet Earth. Very cool, and I spoke about this on the first episode, just about the fact that you never, you're not, you're not gonna know, you're not gonna expect having listeners from said country or whatever. So that's also very exciting and cool. So thank you. Um, otherwise, gonna have a nice, chill, normal episode again. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed the Nagasaki episode. Uh, I it made me depressed. I will not lie. I will not tell a lie. Um, but yeah, I'm glad I'm making like a silly episode again. And uh, I'm going to be talking about some science of the week. So the first article I have in front of me 
entitled What Octopus and Human Brains Have in Common. So, cephalopods like octopuses, uh, I would say octopi, squids and cuttlefish are highly intelligent animals with complex nervous systems. In science advances, a team led by Nikolaus Rajewski of the Max Delbruck Center has now shown that their evolution is linked to a dramatic expansion of their microRNA repertoire. Now, what is microRNA? I googled that beforehand so that I could explain what it is. MicroRNA, okay, super I'm gonna I'm gonna say like a thing that makes me sound smart. MicroRNA are small single-stranded non-coding RNA molecules containing 21 to 23 ne nucleotides found in plants, animals, and some viruses. MicroRNA are involved in RNA silencing and post-transcriptional regulation of gene expression. And the short, normal way to understand it is that these microRNAs are basically involved in the regulation of gene expression. And so apparently octopi have a bunch of them. Um, and here it goes on to talk about how people also um, have a lot of microRNA. So here we go. In a paper published in Science Advances, they explain that octopuses possess a massively expanded repertoire of microRNAs in their neural tissue, reflecting similar developments that occurred in vertebrates. In 2019, Rajewski read a publication about genetic analysis conducted in octopuses. Scientists had discovered that a lot of RNA editing occurs in these cephalopods, meaning they make extensive use of certain enzymes that can recode their RNA. That kind of went over my head. Um, Rajewski's fascination with octopuses began years ago, during an evening visit to the Monterey Bay Aquarium in California. I saw this little creature sitting on the bottom of the tank, and we spent several minutes, so I thought, looking at each other. He says that looking at an octopus is very different to looking at a fish. It's not very scientific, but their eyes do exude a sense of intelligence. Octopuses have similarly complex camera eyes to humans. Uh, it's funny, Mr. or Mrs. what was the first name of Rajewski? Whatever, Dr. Rajewski, had a similar experience to me. Uh, which I've spoken about on a previous episode with the praying mantis, where it looked into my eyes, and I could, I don't know, I just sensed a type of intelligence in that thing, you know, same with the octopus, it's, it's, I don't know, it's, it's almost, I'm not sure, try it, look at, look, find creatures around you that, you know, people assume are dumb creatures, you know, just look into its eyeball. You know, if it's glazed and it's like <laughs> stupid, then yeah, okay, maybe it's just like a chicken or something. But I don't know, man. Sometimes you you do get this spark of consciousness or intelligence in uh, in animals or bugs or whatever. Um, yeah. They say if you want to meet an alien, go diving and make friends with an octopus. Says Rajewski. He's now planning. He is now planning to join forces with other octopus researchers to form a European network that will allow greater exchange between the scientists. I've always been deeply, deeply fascinated. Not, well, not always, but for a very long time, I've been deeply fascinated by octopus. Octopusy? Oh, no. <laughs> no, octopus. Octopi. Whatever. Um, why? Because I remember my first kind of encounter with an intelligent form of octopus in fiction was in Megas XLR. Nice! And uh, the bad guy, I can't even remember his name. He was like an octopus dude. And uh, then you also have, obviously, H.P. Lovecraft's works, which 
kind of you have you know the 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 great dark old one or Cthulhu you know always kind of alluding to this tentacly kind of octopus like creature and uh, there's this book I read called Other Minds given to me by a professor which was a really interesting book on the intelligence of octopuses and how it relates to their physiology right and obviously the brains in their arms right so their, their their brains aren't just in their heads they're in the arms as well so like each arm is almost independent from the other but they work together it's like a, a whole network of brain you know it's one big brain kind of the the octopus which is it's just so cool and yeah i every time i try to think of aliens i think of of octopuses and yesterday uh, i was walking and i saw a snail i saw a snail and i was just thinking wow what a cool creature they're so cute and cool so yeah cephalopods isn't i'm pretty sure snails are cephalopods let's make sure are snails cephalopods class cephalopoda i was correct so snails are cephalopods they're the earth cousins of the ubiquitous octopus apart from cool octopi can i get into drug dealing birds world's heaviest flying bird may be self-medicating on plants used in traditional medicine if you see a great bustard want a name in the wild you're unlikely to forget it massive colorful and impossible to mistake they are the heaviest birds living today capable of flight with the greatest size difference between the sexes and uh, truly it is a beautiful bird i'm gonna post a picture of it on the gram uh cool very cool looking bird very like stocky legs for a bird at least thick neck you know like my neck's thick Ow. but yeah so apparently these boys here we show that great busters prefer to eat plants with chemical compounds with antiparasitic effects in vitro said dr luis m bautista sopelana a staff scientist at the national museum of natural sciences in madrid and the study's first author thank you dr luis or louise co-author dr azukena Gonzalez Coloma, a researcher at the Institute of Agricultural Sciences in Madrid, said great bustards seek out two species of weeds that are also used by humans in traditional medicine. Boom, that's so fucking cool. We show that both contain antiprotozoal and nematicidal, nematicidal, worm-killing, i.e. worm-killing, compounds, while the second also contains antifungal agents. That's pretty cool here i was i was just going to bring this up and but it it talks about it humans are not the only species that self-medicates it goes into the fact that with a lesser or greater degree of confidence in animals as diverse as primates bears deer elk macaws honeybees and fruit flies so all these creatures use some form of medication to medicate themselves that's really freaking crazy it's remember the the bug thing the ambrosia beetles you know uh Uh, it's just cool super cool yeah like they cultivated the fungus and here we have a cool uh, range of animals using drugs it's crazy i also know of of the panthers or jaguars in the amazon uh, if i'm not mistaken that they eat the vine the banisteriopsis vine the one that you mix with the with the ayahuasca plant to make the ayahuasca tea and and they get pretty stoned on it and i've seen a video there's a video online of a panther i guess or a jaguar 
um, just tripping balls on the on the jungle floor after having eaten some of these vines. You know, yeah, I've seen videos of birds um, getting drunk on on uh, rotten or fermented fruit. Uh, yeah, on the alcohol in it. So yeah, it's, it's just it's fun, you know. Like animals are almost like little tiny people, you know, exploring the world. Yeah, a lot of animal stuff today, because for the next thing, this one was cool. Wolves infected with a common parasite may be much more likely to become pack leaders. As soon as I read the the title, I remembered the toxoplasmosis um, uh, uh, parasite that's in cat poop, right? So. What this toxoplasmosis does is it's it's basically a parasite in cat poop that I you know it, I think it's safe to say that it evolved to infect mammals I guess mammalian creatures like rats because when rats are infected by it they become attracted to the smell of cat piss and that that just makes them less likely to um or less safe around you know a cat's territory and more likely to be eaten by the cat so you have this parasite and the cat uh or the feline um evolving side by side helping each other right and uh, even people who 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 catch this parasite uh, exhibit higher um, risk-taking behavior and i remember uh i am not 100 percent sure but i remember seeing a study on people who rode motorcycles either people who rode motorcycles or like died in motorcycle crashes or something along those lines there was a significant number of them that did have the toxoplasmosis uh in their body or in their brains and yeah it turns out same thing goes for the wolferinos wolves infected with toxoplasmosis are much more likely to become pack leaders why i, I in my mind it's because they're probably more uh risk-taking and they're more they're, they play less safe, so they stand to gain more, if that makes sense. So high risk, high uh, stakes. So the work involved studying data from blood samples taken from over 200 wolves living in the park over the years 1995 to 2020 while looking for evidence of infection. The researchers also looked at the notes made by research observers to learn more about any behavior changes that might have been evident in the wolves. The researchers found that young infected wolves tended to leave their packs earlier than those uninfected, riskier behavior. Infected males were 50% more likely to leave their pack as early as 6 months after birth. Males normally stay up for 20, stay for up to 21 months, and infected females were 25% more likely to leave their pack at 30 months rather than the normal 48. So this is obviously more risky behavior. And yeah, the researchers also found that infected males were more than 46 times more likely to become pack leaders than uninfected males. The researchers also found that infection rates were higher in wolves than mingled that mingled with cougars. The researchers suggest that the differences in behavior were likely due to the impact of the parasite on the brains of wolves, making them bolder and less likely to back down when challenged by others. Yep, ah, that's so cool, man. Every morning I wake up and I eat some cat poop. But I, I think I probably do have it because I do handle cat poop uh, quite often. Um, yeah, but I'm not, I'm not the leader of any pack. I guess I, guess I don't have toxoplasmosis. Uh, In other news, researchers suggest that wormholes may look almost identical to black holes. Um, 
I think, you know, the world of fiction has been onto this since like the 60s. For many years, science, scientists and science fiction writers have considered the theoretical possibility of a wormhole. Such an, obje uh, such an object, theory suggests, would take the form of a tunnel of sorts that connects two different parts of the universe. Moving through the tunnel would allow for travel to distant destinations in way not available to spaceships incapable of moving faster than the speed of light by taking a shortcut. Unfortunately, no one has ever observed a wormhole or even any physical evidence that they actually exist. Still, because the theory for their existence is so strong, astrophysicists assume they do exist. The problem is that we either lack the technology to see them, or we have not been looking for them in the right way. In this new effort, the researchers in Bulgaria suggest that the latter is the problem. They have found evidence, via theory, that suggests that they might be sitting out there in the night sky in plain sight, and that the reason we're not seeing them is because we're mistaking them for black holes. And, man... You know, I, I, there was a point where we hadn't seen any black holes in the sky. And I guess in the last two decades, I'm not sure. That's I hate not being sure. Uh, first black hole discovery. Ah, in 1971. Okay, so it's been 50 years since, uh, f since the first black hole was discovered. But even then, you know, like one day we're gonna find a wormhole. And I just can't... You know, black holes are, uh, so, you know, it's, before I was born, they found out about black holes or actually see saw one. They knew about them, just like they theoretically know about wormholes now. But, um, yeah, just the fact that I feel like soon we're going to, you know, the work involved studying wormhole theories and applying blah, blah, blah. Yeah, so essentially they created both direct and indirect images to depict what a wormhole would look like and compared them to black holes. They found them to look remarkably similar. So, yeah, I, I, that would be f so cool. Really, really cool if, um, yeah, if we found a wormhole. Like, what would we be able, would we send anything through it? I, I don't think so. I don't even think that we'd have, I'd be alive by the time they even get there. So unfortunate. I wish we just had faster than light travel. But we don't. So? Oh, what if we could actually create wormholes within a lab at some point? That would be cool. Come on, CERN. Do your thing, man. Come on, we know you can do it. Yeah. This episode was uh, brought to you by the Animal Kingdom. And, um... Space. Science. Technology. Magic. So, yeah, I mean... It was a chill episode. I didn't want to add any other um, parts. Like I did the 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 episode on the Nordic mythology, and I didn't get that many downloads on it. And I was kind of upset by it, not because you know, I didn't get the downloads, but because it was actually interesting. And I feel like I did the mistake of doing uh, speaking about articles and then getting into it. And the episode was a bit long, and maybe uh, you need a lot of focus to to keep on paying attention. And I think it's just enough to, to do some science episodes, some episodes on mythology and fantasy and history and whatever. And uh, yeah, uh, these ones are easier to make for me, less preparation, because I'm just finding the articles, reading them and going through them with you guys. Um, yeah, if you're enjoying them, please let me know. Also, I want to I wanna make a segment. If you listen to the last like f 10 seconds of the Nagasaki episode, uh, there's a funny blooper in there. Uh, where I, I just, I released a, a burp, a burp, a nuclear burp, 
and I was amazed by it. And I just felt bad that no one was going to hear it because I edited it out, edited it out. And uh, yeah, I just felt like this, this, this had to be heard by, by at least someone. And so I've decided I want, if you're listening and you're a burper, send me your burps. Uh, if you have a nice burp, I'll p- put it up. I'll put it up on an episode with your name, your, your, your address, you know, I'll dox you. I'll send wild animals to, to, to eat you. Uh, yeah. So thank you for listening, guys. I hope you enjoyed. Um, please, if you need to email me or whatever, oshotha at gmail.com. Instagram is oshotha and Twitter oshotha. Finally, we have a Reddit, a subreddit called The Osho. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Have a nice week and good bye.